welcome you back to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. It is confirmed that this is the best boxing podcast in the history of podcasts. And it's because I'm joined every week by the former 140-pound champion, Chris Algieri. Chris, how are you, my friend? I am good. I'm good. And um, I, I, I like what you just said. The, the, the best in the history of not only boxing, not only podcasts, boxing, not only boxing podcasts, but podcasts in general. There's a lot of boxing podcasts out there, but we are rising to the top um, here week in, week out. Get random messages from fans, random messages from people in the industry. So I appreciate everyone that is out there listening. And I'll, I don't do this often, but I will say go out and subscribe to Inside Boxing Live YouTube uh, over on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Rate and review. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Those things help. I don't. I got to start doing that more, asking you. To do those things, but uh, yeah, please go out and do that because that really helps the show. And guys, when you see us in public, it really <laughs> makes Dan feel good when you tell us how great our podcast is. It's amazing how much he he glows after every single person that ever says anything to us. Because wherever we're together and we're like on location for fights, someone will always be like, "Ah, oh, Inside Boxing Live, we love you guys." And Dan's always look at his face. If you people were well, watching, you're used him. to that. You're used. Yeah, you're exactly. a world champion. You're used to getting <laughs> you, selfies you, you, and stuff. You haven't experienced that, so it, it's it's so, very cool when you guys do that. Just just yeah. for the record, hell yeah! Always I, come I, say hi to us. I always said when we, when we did our live show at Jack Doyle's, which we we're gonna do some more stuff this year with that. It, we, you know, I said it that right in there. Like I still think that me and you, are, when we do these podcasts, that not, there's not a single soul listening, which is something <laughs> that we're doing. But it's not true because I see the numbers and people are tuning in. So uh, that's awesome. So thank you everyone out there for watching and and all that stuff. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. NFL playoffs are in full swing, and DraftKings is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying new customers can bet just five bucks on any game get 200 instantly back in bonus bets so go ahead download the DraftKings sportsbook app right now use code ibl new customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings sportsbook with code ibl the crown is yours gambling problem call 800 uh, gambler or visit www.1 100gambler.net in New York. Call 877-HOPE-NY or you can text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem. Call 888-789-7777 or you can visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming sources. Back to the show. Uh, let's get into the news. Saturday night, Archer Betterbiev moves to 20-0 with 20 stoppages. He stops Callum Smith. Scary, man. This guy's closing in on 40 years old, and this is one of his better performances. Uh, calculated, patient Patient, but also got off to a quick start. The one thing we said last week, or if you watch Better Be if he gets off the slow starts, double jabs, power shots, just fierce. Just such a great uh, joy to watch. Arthur Better Be if, man, this guy is is just, I am running out of words to, to, to describe this guy. Just such a force at 175. Speaking of words, I'm going to eat mine. Uh, I, all the mistakes that I've seen him, I, you know, I did a deep dive and analytical on, on, these, on these guys and their matchup. And there were things that Arthur did used to do that we're going to be score big trouble for for him um against again especially against a puncher like Callum smith he fixed them all 
Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, yeah, ask, uh, ask Archer better be about that. He learned some new tricks. He's getting better, which is wild. Like you said, he's he's 38 years old, which is very old for boxing. Um, and he's still learning. He's still getting better. He's just as dangerous, just as aggressive, just as physical, just as explosive. A lot of times you see old guys age, right? Like You think Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins, when he was closer to 30, was a very different fighter than he was when he was in his 40s. He fought a very different pace. Archer Bedarbiev is doing the same thing he did ten years ago. He's just—he's I, I, an anomaly. Anomaly. I mean, I'm—I'm I'm so impressed with this guy. Yeah, I mean, what I just get into the fight. Um, you know, he came out quick, closed he, the he, distance immediately, closed the distance immediately, and he was on him fast, like right on Smith's, right in his grill within the first twenty seconds of the uh, yep. of the of the fight. And it's the one knock on Bedarbiev is that he's a little bit of a slow starter, takes a little bit for that engine to warm up. Um, and that wasn't the case in this fight. Number two is, like, everyone talks about Calum Smith and this ferocious power, and he's he's a brute, uh, and he's a knockout guy. Dude, this guy out-jabbed Smith. And if you watched or listened to our show last week, I gave you Smith's jab numbers. He has, he has the world record for most jabs attempted at 168 pounds, like 700, 800 jabs in, in a fight. He was the one that was supposed to be the jabber, Smith. It was better be have that was setting up every combination, double jabs, power jabs. That jab was more than just a jab. It was a power shot. So I think that fight, it, it scared to hit the future out there at 175, which is Dimitri Bivol, um, because he's doing a little bit of everything. He's not just a brute with, with strength and, and power. He is a full package, man. That jab was everything. Yeah, I know. He, he was, he, you know what I love about his jab? He used it well to close the distance, which which was a fault of his, and I I, I called that out before, but he he, he fixed that. Um, but he throws the jab in the middle too. Like he's at that middle distance, and he and you'll be close enough, and he'll, he'll finish a combination, and then he just put that jab on you again. And you saw that a lot with Callum Smith getting his head just popped back, even from the uh, inside or middle distance range, where I mean, that's where Callum Smith was supposed to be the dangerous one. But it was better be his jab that completely shut down the offense of Callum Smith. Also took his power away. Caleb Smith didn't look powerful. He did none of his shots looked scary or dangerous the way they have had in every other fight. Um, better be if Jeb was able to completely shut down the offense, take away the power, take away everything that Callum had in order to win that fight. And just in a matter of time, just breaking him down. And he wasn't loading up. He wasn't over punching. No, he, he wasn't over, load up. overthrowing at all. And uh, I saw a great line from Callum Smith. He said, yeah, up until the knockdown, you know, I, I really didn't feel any power all night long. Well, see, Callum, I mean, because Betterby wasn't really trying like that. He wasn't trying to knock him out before that. He, he's a break-you-down kind of guy, but he was consistent this time. Really, really consistent with the jab and the power punches. Scary, scary guy. Yeah, he's like must-watch. And and what yes. I, I loved about him at being like a power guy with the 20 stoppages, and that, you know, um, most of them are the break-you-down types of TKOs. Uh, and and what he does is he doesn't load up on a shot. His shots are so short. They're so compact. His footwork is is unbelievable. Uh, Top Rank put out a really cool piece of content um, in the lead up. Uh, some of it was on Instagram, and it was uh, explaining his footwork and explaining his and uh, kind of breaking down how better BF closes the distance and how he applies pressure and how he always keeps his uh, lead foot in the middle of his target. And it was it was really cool uh, from Top Rank then to go and watch it uh, in the fight. But just uh, some more numbers. He actually landed better BF more jabs than than power shots uh he landed 15 jabs per round and that is an astronomical number um that is a that you'd be lucky to see a guy's land five six jabs per round so to land 15 jabs per round and he landed 61 of his 187 punches in rounds three and four uh so that's when he picked it up 
So you don't know what's coming from you. And as for Smith, I just thought he found himself on the ropes a lot. Uh, and when he was up on the ropes, better be have made him pay. Uh, you know, he was on those ropes a lot because better be have knows how to cut off a ring like no other. He's just the pressure. Like you can attest to this. Like how tough is it when you're facing a, a big puncher and the guy just puts on so much pressure without exactly throwing punches too? You're drowning. You feel like you're underwater when you got a guy like that and their stress level is so high. Your stress level is so high at that point because the power is real and you feel it and you know it. And you got to, you're, you're cautious of every punch because any mistake could be the end of the night. The stress is through the roof. Then on top of that, you got a guy who's physically pushing the pace and pushing the limit and pushing your endurance. So it, I liken it to being like you're drowning, like you're underwater. Not only are you dealing physically with the resistance of the water, but also you can't breathe. You're underwater. There's no, there's nowhere to get oxygen. There's nowhere to get breath. And that's what it's like being in with a pressure fighter who can punch. That's it's it's you're drowning. And Callum Smith looked like he was drowning from the opening round. Yeah, and as for Smith, you know, afterwards he's talking about, you know, I had a good career. Um, uh, you know, I did a lot, <laughs> and uh, he did. He he's had a good career. If you you yeah. know, 168 unified champion, he got the ultimate pinnacle, which is fi- a fight with Canelo. A fight with Better Beev is is up there. It's not the same thing as fighting a Canelo, but um. Unified champ 168. I mean, there's there's fights for him over in domestic level if he wants to go out there and fight some of the UK guys at 175. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people were giving him like that shot during the week. People still underestimate Better Beev. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think even the the people that are still on the fence about Better Beev were like, holy shit, this guy is really good. Um, let's talk about that adverse finding because afterwards, uh, Tony Ballou, uh, matchroom voice, former matchroom fighter, Matchroom rider, um, pretty much insinuated that Better Beev is on PEDs. Um, you know, he didn't exactly say it, but he insinuated. He mentioned baseball. Uh, you know, like uh, Barry Bonds getting better as he ages. He mentioned how Better Beev is getting stronger. He's taking out these opponents easier. There was an adverse finding which had higher levels of of HGH. What's exactly an adverse finding? Why was this fight able to go on? And are we surprised that Better BF is getting these types of, of tweets sent at him and accusations? No, we're not surprised because I, you know, you, you know, the old saying, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So it's a lot of situations. Exactly the things Sonny Bell, you said, it's like, well, this guy's getting older and better and his physique is always insane. And, uh, then we hear that there's adverse findings that he has elevated testosterone and HGH in multiple drug tests, both urine and blood in the months leading up to a big fight, it's kind of like, huh? Like I never thought it. Out? What's that? Should have that who leaked that out? Should that have get leaked out? It, it shouldn't because if you're not failing, then what do we, what, what's, what, why is this out? You know, if you didn't fail a test, right. Um, and you're, they're, they're not going to do a deeper investigation or a deeper dive onto those adverse findings, because this just raises a lot of, a lot of question marks and curiosity for me. I'm very curious because listen, some people are genetically, different and it's a freaks and they can carry their testosterone late in life um actually let me pull this back after the age of 30 everyone's testosterone drops and we're we're specifically talking about male athletes here much more so because males carry a lot more testosterone than females do uh, females have testosterone as well females actually have more testosterone than they do estrogen but much much lesser degree than males do so you see a big drop off in male athletes in their 30s mostly because of a testosterone drop which is natural and normal um, you got a guy who's now not, a, not only past 30, but he's approaching 40 and to have him have elevated testosterone levels at late stage in life, a little curious. I would like to see the numbers. I would like to see what kind of testosterone he's really, we're really talking about here. Um, on top of that boxing training 
this is going to sound weird, does drop testosterone levels. My testosterone is way higher now that I'm retired than it was during my career because you're burning through it. Doesn't mean necessarily that you have low testosterone. Yeah, objectively, the number might be low, but you're not showing any of the symptoms because wow. your body's burning through it because you train so hard. It's also long endurance. Long endurance breaks down testosterone, breaks down your, your body's free testosterone because it's, it's, it's being utilized. You're also uh, hypocaloric. You're losing weight, which lowers your testosterone. If you are not eating enough food to actually be gaining weight or maintain weight, your, your testosterone is going to go down. So it's just very curious to have elevated testosterone um, in this sport in particular, especially in older age, the HGH though, that one really, that perked my ears quite a bit. Why, why was there HGH metabolites or HB, HGH showing up in, in these, these blood exams, HGH, both of the, so both of the things that were shown in his, in mm -hmm. his, uh, urine and blood are, are, are naturally occurring. You do have HGH, which is called human growth hormone. It is a human growth hormone, um, uh, that your body has and use it to really, to grow. You have it a lot when you're younger and you're actually literally physically maturing, um, you still have it throughout the rest of your life. Um, and really low levels is not good for you. And having some in your system is, is, is important, especially for health and vitality. It's just curious that that will be showing up in as inverse findings. I, I, it's very curious. I think there should be a lot more investigation into this to see why. Also, I think we should, if, if it is natural and, and I'm not saying that this was by any means utilizing peds or whatever. This guy might be just a total genetic freak. <laughs> we should be studying him as an experiment to see why he is his HGH and, and testosterone levels are so damn high. Yeah, it was another one of those muddying the waters type of thing. Like the we we get that tweet, it comes out, and then you know this apparently happens quite often. Like these numbers never make it to the these reports never make it to the public. You know, yeah. was it Matchroom that leaked them out there? And then um, when they do, the numbers don't come out. Uh, right, the, the, and it just and the fight went on objective tests with with numbers and values how come we don't yeah. get those the fight still went on the public didn't seem to care too much there was it's just funny and it's always been the case with boxing it's funny who boxing fans decide to uh to persecute and it's also interesting who boxing fans let these types of things kind of slide by the wayside quick break in the action to talk to you about our friends at factor Get started on your New Year's resolutions with Factor, so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in this new year of 2024. You can skip the grocery stores. You can skip the prep work, cooking fatigue, all that. You get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals right to your doorstep. They deliver it to my doorstep. I love it. I'm on the go. Chris is on the go. You're on the go. Who is not on the go these days? So you get your factor meals. You can plan it ahead and, and really figure out which you want to get. You can get go with the keto. You can go with the calorie smart. You can go with the vegan, the veggie. They have uh, a ton of different varieties and options for you. So you can uh, personally curate what you want to get on a week-to-week -week basis. That's over 55 weekly add-ons. You have a ton of new nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. I love factor because I could bring it right to the office. I put it in the microwave and it's not just some microwave meal. It's high uh, protein. It's uh, very healthy and it's a great way uh, if you're on the go to make things a lot easier. Uh, factor now offers a lot of snack options too. I got their breakfast, which was really good. Egg bites. The smoothies were phenomenal. Uh, we had some uh, caffeine, like coffee smoothies. Uh, we had all sorts of uh, fruit smoothies, snacks, uh, so you keep you going when you're on the run. So go over to factormeals.com slash boxing50. Use code boxing50. Get 50% off. That's boxing50. Uh, factormeals.com slash boxing50. 50% off. That's a pretty damn good deal. Back to the show. Uh, fight went on. Uh, better if you have one. 
And now we move on to what could be one of the best fights you could possibly make in the sport. Arthur Bedebia versus Dimitri Bivol. According to Eddie Hearn, Dimitri Bivol has already signed off on it. His Excellency over in Saudi Arabia says he wants to make the fight for June or, or July. All systems are a go. These two have been champions since 2017. Better be if it's been a unified champion since 2019. They are very clearly one and two, wherever you want to rank them, at 175, both undefeated, both still at the top of their games. I mean, it doesn't haven't shown any signs of weakness here. It is an unbelievable matchup in terms of style uh, with B-Ball as the slick defensive guy and better be as a seek and destroy pressure fighter. I mean, this is one of the best matchups you could possibly make in the sport. And I honestly think now we're finally going to get it. And it's one that you and I have been really excited about on our air for the last two years, really. And normally boxing does this the wrong way. And they, they make these fights happen at the wrong time and they push them way back. They get way overdone, overcooked. The fighters themselves are not the same guys by the time they step in the ring. This time, I think it's actually working out for, the, for it to be a positive because better be it's getting better. <laughs> and and Bivol, he's had so much time off and thank God he got a fight in. So he got to knock off some of that rust. Um, we haven't seen any slippage from him. Uh, he has been consistently at, at fighting at high level for a very long time. And his performances were always pretty much the same. Yeah, he got rocked by Joe Smith. Yeah, he had some fights that weren't super fun yeah, to if watch. If you only find one what? moment from a guy's career, then he's had a good yeah. career. It's, yeah, he's had a great career. I mean, and, and even even the, the fights that were, you know, ho-hum or seen that way, he was still dominant. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that they're both going to be fighting at a time when they're still very close to, if not at their peak. So, for once, boxing is actually going to nail this on the head right um, as long as this happens, and we, we we're already talking about it as a foregone conclusion, like it's going to happen. Yeah, like you said, all point, all signs point to yes. All all the all the all the the pawns are in in position to make this happen. But man, let's keep our fingers crossed. Make sure it does happen. Well, you know why we're confident is because Saudi Arabia is going to stage it. I mean, they oh, already fact. had. Yeah, His Excellency today just said, I'm, I'm very keen on making that fight. Uh, they want to make it after Ramadan, so which is sometime between June and, and July. And you're right, Chris. Uh, they're getting up there in age. That, like we said, they've been champions since 2017. Everyone else in other divisions are either unifying or they're going for undisputed. This was the one that we thought maybe would slip away because of the cockamamie rule by WBC not sanctioning it. They haven't come out and said that. I don't think that even matters. But it's very clear that they are one one A and one B. And you're right. Better be of is not slowing down. This isn't like a Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather thing where they're towards the end of their career and, and Pacquiao had been iced uh, by um, by Marquez and and Mayweather was you know closing in on forty. Yeah, Better be of is closing on forty, but he's still dropping fools and he's still un unbeatable. Bivol beat Canelo Alvarez and is still dancing circles around opponents. I mean, it's the ultimate matchup, and and everyone right now is trying to figure out who's going to win, and it's fun because when there are 50-50 fights, this is when it's fun and when you can really make a case for, for either guy. I think that the, the momentum is on the side of Berdebiev, of course, with the stoppages that uh, he's accumulating now over the over the, the level of opposition that he's doing it against, and then you have Bivol who goes out there and he'll UD you to death. I mean, it's not the, the sexiest style, but it's a sustainable style to win so I'll ask you, Chris, to put you on the spot. I know you don't like to do these right away, but who are you leaning towards in a B-Vol better be of matchup? So no no, um, no question here, and I think no surprise, because I have been all Bivol in this matchup for the last couple of years. I, I've always said that Bivol had a style that would that would be better be of, um, that in-and-out, tricky Russian style, the, you know, the, the in-and-out, the constant constant. Um, endurance is his, his gas tank is amazing. His, his consistent jab, his combination punching, and just the fact his defense just doesn't get hit. 
But after Saturday, <laughs> I really have to rethink things. I, I have been all bivol all the way this whole time. For once, for the very first time, I'm like, man, I really need to sit down and do my homework on this one. I Because Bibble, listen, Bibble still might, I, if, I might do my research and really look into this. And be like, yeah, you know, it just doesn't match up. Stylistically, it's still a good matchup for Bibble. It's still going to make happen. But the new folds that I saw in Better BF's game and the, and the way he was able to execute, even at a high level with a dangerous opponent, really puts things into question for me. So I'm, I'm going to have a lot of, you mentioned how fun this is that when we have these kinds of fights, I'm really looking forward to sitting down and hammering home uh, the, the tape review. Cause I did that for Callum Smith and better be Evan. It changed my mind. I had Callum Smith last week. I was like, Callum Smith's going to do it. I was telling everybody, I'm like, put the money on Callum Smith. Put that C note down or what? I didn't. And then, okay, uh, and then I, I did, I did like the tape review that really watched the things that they do. And I'm like, I'm like, no, better be, going to knock him out. He's just, yeah. he's just, he's just a different kind of guy. So it's, it's a lot of fun to even like surprise yourself when you get to actually watch the sport under, under an educated eye. Clyde is coming in the back. What's up, yeah. Clyde? He's, uh, he's making noise. This guy, he's very What's excited. Clyde? That's Chris's dog. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting because you take a look at B-Ball, like B-Ball wins this fight by being perfect for 12 rounds, right? Yeah. Having to be a tip top in and out, in and out defense, uh, don't go on the ropes and he could, easily do that in this fight like people can pitch a pitch oh, yeah. a shutout and it's not a shutout but you know what i mean like can put on a virtuoso performance and still do just enough on offense a la canelo almost, i mean yeah. that was a very dangerous fight and he, he fought perfect right he fought perfect he had he had his moments on offense he will frustrate the hell out of you because you feel like there's a second gear in there but he's done this his, his whole career and he's come out with a shit ton of uds um but with Betterbiev, I feel like Betterbiev can can just break him down. I think just it's more likely that Betterbiev, even if he's not on his best game, could go to a plan B or find something else where I just don't think Bivol, like I just said, doesn't have that second gear, doesn't have that plan B, doesn't have that game changing power, doesn't you know the great equalizer that Betterbiev has or systematically break you down. I don't know, man. It's an awesome matchup. I'm really excited. I don't want to get too excited. Uh, because this is boxing and it could easily just vaporize and then we don't get this fight. But now with the Saudis in, in the mix and them willing to throw money uh, at any big fight out there, I, I honestly do think we get this fight in the summer and it's it's a it's a great one. It's an all time. I would like to see them fight three times. Like, why not once? Because there's no one else at 175. It's clearly them and then the rest. And and they both deserve it because because trilogies make money. And for the fighters particularly, so that's uh, if 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 this fight is a modern day classic, yeah, let's do let's run it back. Maybe run it back a third time. Um, I, both these guys, I think, have missed a lot of opportunities for things that are out of their hands. Um, it's only right that they're going to be able to re recoup that lost time now, even in the later end of twilight of their career. Um, it's crazy we're talking about the twilight of Bivol's career because like he just came on the scene, you know, two and a half years ago, and I has been so inactive. Age. He's so inactive, and he's just 33, like, 30. right. Anyone who beats Canelo Alvarez and then somehow takes a step back in Crazy. his career is well. He also, he also he also smoked Ramirez. Like Zerto yeah. is like not e a bad fighter. Zerto's about to be a cruiserweight world champion. Like like it, it's it's Bivol is special. Yes, he is. Um, can't wait for that one. Whenever it does happen, we have plenty of time to talk about that one. Um, Christian Mabilly, well, uh, just to put a bow on Saturday night coming out party. Christian Mavilli had himself a coming out party. This guy at 168 has been fighting in re relative animosity, uh, animosity um, fighting on smaller cards, uh, getting highlight reel knockouts that you see on Instagram the next day. Or, you know, he fought a Carlos Gongara and it was a nice win, but you didn't really have a lot of eyeballs on it. Put him on ESPN. Put him on a better BF card. 
Watch this guy shine. I think he made the most of his moment fighting a guy that a lot of people were texting me that looked exactly like you. Carl Moretti tweeted about it. Murdoch, did you get any messages about that? I didn't. I didn't. I I, I think I you know I, I could look at and see certain 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 uh, similarities. The jawline. Yeah. It was the chiseled jawline. But I got a, a bunch of people texting me. I was live. Uh, on our YouTube page, and like, is that Algeria in there? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's not Chris, but uh, anyway, uh, Mabili does his thing in there. In 18 minutes, the fight lasted six rounds. He threw over 500 punches. He landed 230 plus. He landed 52 percent of his power shots, 90 plus body shots. Fan friendly style is going to stand in there and throw everything with mean intentions. That can also be his downfall. Like, He's listen, get Chris, hit. yeah, <laughs> get Christian Mabili is not here for a long time. He's here mm-hmm. for a good time. And there are some intriguing uh, matchups at 168 now for him. I, I want to see this guy against some of the upper guys, uh, uh, you know, some of the bigger names at 168 because he's fun and he's a new name and he's going to, you know, probably get knocked out, but he's going to go in there and try to take you out beforehand. Uh, you said it. He's fun. Um, I was not overly impressed with him. I didn't think the guy he was fighting was very good either, but um, it was a fun fight to watch. Uh, two tough guys banging it out. And then Billy's definitely much classier than, than Murdoch. Um, but yeah, I, I actually remember calling, I think it was his first top rank fight. I forgot where we were, but, um, I remember calling his fight and not being impressed at all. And he had, he struggled with it, with a, a journeyman type guy. And he's made, had a really good run recently. Obviously he's definitely gotten much better. Um, but from what I saw on Saturday night, he's going to make somebody look really good. He's got a really sterling record. Um, he fights a guy like a Canelo where people, you know, people might be able to sell it. Cause like, Oh man, you always get this great record. Canelo's wipes the floor with him. And um, I, it'll look good in Canelo because he's got, you know, this undefeated guy that he's beaten up. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. I, I, I Yeah, I, there's a lot of fights for him in 68, but I, I don't really see him at that elite level like the rest of those guys. He's not going to – I don't think he gets the Canelo fight. Like, why would – No, he won't, Christian but I'm just Mabili? saying. I mean, and he signed to either the Tiger promoter, promotions or smaller promotion, but, you know, they, they do put on a lot of fights north of the border. Um, yeah, he had a guy in there that he was clearly better than. But in terms of like seizing the moment and like having people talk about you, oh, yeah. that's so important in this sport because you can be forgotten about so easily. Look at Dimitri Bivol. So he goes in there and he shines and he gives us a, a fan-friendly fight. But, I mean, just once again, we have one of the best and smartest um, communities out there. You know, everyone's tweeting at me. This guy gets wiped by Canelo. He gets wiped by, by Morel. He gets wiped by Benavides. He leaves himself too open. Yeah, every fighter has flaws. And and doesn't mean that I don't want to not you know, see those fights. I still want to see those fights. I mean, just because he's, he'll be a big time underdog doesn't mean I don't want to see him, but this guy's ranked number one by the WBC. He's ranked number one in the WBA. And, you know, David Morrell, who's, he's the world champion, uh, by the WBA standards at 168. Canelo is the super champion. So to be ranked number one in two sanctioning bodies, I don't know people don't really understand the sanctioning, but that's really hard to do because they can have David Benavidez number one in one sanctioning body, and then he's not ranked at all in the other one. So clearly yeah. he's playing the game properly in terms of that side of the game. Uh, he looks the part. He might get himself a big fight. Like Canelo, let's just get that out of there because I, I just don't think that's likely. But like a, a Christian Mobili versus a David Morrell, you know, two guys that are atop the WBA rankings, obviously Morrell would be a heavy favorite, but it would be a damn fun fight. He's going to get the shot for sure. Uh, that that O that he has is really important. That's really going to help him get get him get that opportunity. Um, but yeah, is it is it going to be a David Morrell, which would make sense on Amazon Prime? I think that they're angling him to be one of the stars of of that new platform for for PBC. So that would that would make it's sense. Be a nice, breaking some news here, a little insider right there. That would be a nice sterling record to have and a good looking main event. 
Um, so that would, that would make, that would make a lot of sense, but, um, yeah, I mean, any of those guys at 68, Billy, you know, he, he would, what about like, uh, like an Edgar Berlanga oh getting a fight like that would be like, that makes sense. Cause that, yeah. that's a fight that and Billy would actually be in also a very fun fight to watch. Um, Pacheco? Again, uh, Diego Pacheco. I don't think that ever happened because my Billy um, is here in the rankings and yeah, that Pacheco's would be, that, would, that wouldn't be smart. That wouldn't be smart from Mbilly's standpoint because Pacheco is really dangerous. Um, I'm trying to think who else is there. 68. What, what, what we're trying to say Munguia? is like Munguia, yeah, we'll see Munguia against yeah. Dervinchenko at the end of the month. But what we're saying is there's just another name added to it. That's not a bad thing. It's, no, it's Munguia is fighting Ryder end of the month. That's what I meant. Munguia is fighting Ryder uh, January 27th. There's a new name at 168. There's a new player. We get to sit here and talk about him. We're talking about him on the show. Probably wouldn't have if he didn't put out a great performance. Not saying he's going to be able to beat anyone at 168. But he's going to no, be he'll fighting get someone. He'll, he'll get those fights. Which is great. Um, let's get to the end uh, here with some uh, headlines. Uh, heavyweight Saudi news. Can't go about three or four days without some new Saudi news. Uh, Anthony Dude, we're Joshua. getting heavyweight news. We're getting heavyweight news. We had heavyweight, heavyweight news the heavyweight in the 18 months. Back, baby. <laughs> heavyweight division is 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 healthy because um, Anthony Joshua and Francis Nagano face off in London for the first time press conference. Uh, Eddie Hearn is there. Frank Warren is there. His excellency is there. That's the most important man here. The guy is, this is the guy. He's the money man. He's following me on boxing. Twitter. It's a big. It's you know no, no big deal. Uh, he's sharing Chris's pro box interviews. Not no, no big deal. Uh, this guy's throwing around crazy money, and some undercards are set. So the undercard of Joshua and Ganu will see Zilhai Zhang fighting Joseph Parker. This is a Dude. logical next step type of fight for each guy in the heavyweight division. A fight that would be like maybe last year would never happen, but now it does happen. It just makes two red hot guys. Getting in the ring, figuring out who's next. You can make a case. The winner could be the number three ranked heavyweight in the world. Dude, what what's going on with boxing? We got heavyweights, and they're also making rational like moves. This is crazy. Like this rational has never been been part of of the, the boxing lexicon, and now Dolo, all of a baby. we're getting fights that make sense. Uh, Zach Parker and Gilles Zhang is not Joe a fight Parker. that I ever. Uh, jo, I'm sorry, Joe, Joseph Parker and Gilles Zhang are not a is not a a. Uh, a fight that I've literally had in my mind, but now that it's it's being brought up, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that fight, this fight makes sense, and and legitimately not sure who's gonna win the fight. I I lean toward Zhang, but I could easily, I could definitely see Parker pulling that out. Right. And like you said, whoever wins that fight, right there, right there, they are just outside the top guys and deserve to fight any of them. Right. If you have if you had Wilder in your top four or five, and then Parker goes in and basically blanks him. Uh, Parker, and with his resume before what he did against Wilder, um, even with a loss to Joyce, you have to figure him into the top five. And then Zhang with two big wins uh, over Joyce and what he's been doing in the heavyweight division when he took uh, Hergovic into deep waters and just his resurgence. Uh, yeah, you can make a case that this just you know brings them up to pecking order. And Zilhai Zhang was, was rumored to fight Deontay Wilder. We didn't like that fight. That fight didn't make any sense. A Parker-Zhang fight, like, makes sense. Like, if there were, like, official rankings, we we're just talking about how awful these some of these uh, sanctioned bodies are. If there were official rankings, like, one body, they this would be the next up fight. You know, if Fury is going to fight Usyk and Joshua's going to fight in Ghana, whatever, the next matchup would be, like, a Parker versus Zhang. And as a boxing fan, you have to be ecstatic with that. Yes, it's going down in Saudi Arabia. You might not be able to go. But we'll be able to watch, and that's what's most important. And the division is moving towards a good place. That's this is great. Also, like the the rematch with Joshua and Parker was shot down by by uh, by Eddie Hearn, which hurt hurts Parker, right? 
but right. now he's getting a shot here. Like it's just, I don't know. It's, it just seems like something that's the right thing is happening. Parker's getting his shot, even though, you know, he probably did deserve the Joshua rematch, but they shot that down, but he's still getting a shot against someone else and he's going to get paid. So yeah, I know it's, it's weird. And boxing usually <laughs> doesn't work this way. Um, yeah. It's like our wildest dreams are coming true. Thanks to um, Saudi Arabia, but yeah, Parker 10 month span wilder and uh, Zhang. Yep. Beast. Joseph Parker hats off to Beast. you. Zhang. Um, two big wins over Joyce. We get rewarded with a huge payday. He could have waited around too on sat on his uh, ranking and Most waited for the 40 year old in the world. Yeah, he could have waited and, and and sat on his ranking and waited for a title shot, uh, or you can go out and make you know game changing money at, at forty years old. So shout out to the Lane brothers too; they have guided Zilhai Zhang's career perfectly. So that's fun. Ray Vargas versus Nick Ball. Ray Vargas fighting in Saudi Arabia is the weirdest like thing ever. I don't know how that happened, but Nick Ball, short little uh, compact one hundred twenty six pounder that fights ferociously. Then you have Ray Vargas, who is like five eleven and has been yeah. a world champ. I don't know how Ray Vargas got out of a fight with Brandon Figueroa, but that's that's not a bad th like the final three fights of the card. Ray Vargas, Nick Ball, Zilai Zhang, Joseph Parker, Joshua Ngannou. That's a fun offering. I like it. I like it. And that's that's something that you know we're seeing with with these these Saudi fights. Like they're putting on good fights, good shows. You know, right. They're, the they're, yeah, they are good. I mean, I've seen some complaints on Twitter. But that's just boxing fans being boxing fans. He's actually also said that he wants to pit the winner of Fury Usyk versus the winner of uh, Joshua Ngannou for the yeah. undisputed title. Why not? Why are we stopping here? Keep dreaming big, His Excellency. I like so, it. Like so that it. could be another thing at the heavyweight division. The undercard of Fury Usyk was revealed. Somehow we're a month away from Fury Usyk. Uh, I expect that to get ramped up even more in terms of marketing. They put out the poster. Uh, Jay Opatai, uh, who was the best cruiserweight in the world, is fighting Maris, mm -hmm. uh, Maris Bradis, uh rematch. Uh, mm. Bradis was the cruiserweight champ for a long time. Opatai upset time. him. Uh, then they stripped Opatai, and then he fought on the Saudi card. Now he just gets uh, another get back at Bradis. Joe Cardina is, fight, is fighting on the Fury Usyk undercard. And Sergey Kovalev, I don't know how or where they found him hiding from, but he's getting a Saudi check. Step on up, Sergey Kovalev. I mean, uh, I don't I don't think anybody really cared where Kovalev was, but now that he's back, I mean, like you said, he's, he's going to pick up that Saudi check, <laughs> whatever. Um, he was he got a the lot phone of call and was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me put down the vodka. Yes, yes. Vodka? I take, wait, I, you guys I want me fight. to fight in Saudi Arabia? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> I take the fight. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. So, I mean, the Cardenas facing Nick, uh, I can't even pronounce his last name, but uh, he's a, a champ at 130. Um, Opasai Bradis, that's two of the best lightweights, um, mm -hmm. light heavyweights, I should say, or excuse like, me, best cruiserweights. Cruiserweights. And then you got two of the best heavyweights, Fury and Usyk, fun. So that's what's fun. going down February 17th, March 8th. Friday is, is the Nganu. And Joshua, we've talked about that fight already. We'll talk about that one more as we get closer. And finally, Chris, last item. Um, Vasily Lomachenko is fighting George Cambosos May 12th for the vacant IBF title, many months away. Uh, I put out a tweet on Twitter, and I said, thoughts? And there's like 300 responses. And anything ranging from Loma's going to smoke this guy, uh, um, Cambosos will be able to beat him because Loma's overrated to why are these two guys fighting for a vacant world title? Let's get some new blood in there. I think all those might apply to this fight. Yeah, yeah well, except for uh, Lomachenko being overrated. I think, yeah, I think he's not, not overrated. overrated, but maybe like towards the end of it, you know, not what he once was, which is fine. 
Yeah, but even even uh, an eighty percent Lomachenko beats most guys, um, even top level guys. So um, yeah, I don't know. This, this is the, the the least enticing of the of the number of fights that we were just talking about in in terms of I'm, uh, what I'm I'm thinking. Um, but boxing insiders, we knew this was coming. This has been this has been down in the pipe for for a while. Uh, it's weird that's happening. You know, so many months away already, and they're announcing it here when they've been talking about it for six months. So it's got to be the Australia aspect of it. It's got to be oh, for a sure. stadium fight. Like this was supposed to be the fight. This was supposed to be the fight before Haney stepped in. It was supposed right. to be Cambosos versus Lomachenko. Lomachenko decided to stay home in the Ukraine. Um, Lomachenko then loses to Haney. And then and then Cambosos loses to Maxi Hughes. <laughs> right. That's another aspect, another wrinkle of this. So I can understand yeah. the fans, the fans being upset with this fight. And also Shakur Stevenson was supposed to fight Lomachenko for the vacant WBC belt. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how we got uh, De Los Santos fight. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense from in terms of meritocracy, which doesn't exist in boxing anyway. George Cambosos, I mean, you have the best management team maybe in the history of boxing. You parlayed a great performance against Teofimo Lopez into three to four years of maximum payouts and it's yep. still going on like mm-hmm. kudos to you you're playing the game perfectly like you are you have figured a cheat code in the in the system a glitch in the matrix for for cambosos his team peter khan uh and with top rank and i'm not sure if ludabella is still with cambosos but shout and out any to of our, any of our analytical fans in there go look up how many rounds cambosos has won since since the tfema fight realistically <laughs> not a lot because I, I don't think he would he went one against haney in 24 24 rounds yeah maybe. one and then let's say like i i had maxi Hughes beating him eight to four seven to yep. five so five rounds in his last five rounds since the female yeah 36 mm-hmm. that gets you yep. I, I mean is he that popular in australia to where it warrants him getting this like i don't know i thought i know the second fight with haney wasn't at that big stadium. It was scaled down because he it was such a one-sided fight, the first one. Yeah, neither one of those fights were, were like exciting or good. It wasn't like he fought an exciting performance. You know, he just got outboxed and in second one he got beat up. But um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just some some people are uh, some people are snake bitten and other people are blessed blessed from the angels. And and then sure. you go to Lomachenko's side, the guy will tell you he was just wanted to be undisputed forever. And he got that shot and came up just short. Many had him winning uh, mm-hmm. against Haney. And you see him in the backstage with the tears in his eyes because he got so damn close to his ultimate yeah, goal as a so boxer. Close. And then he sits out a year now. He's going to be out for a year. And then he's fighting Cambosos for just one strap. You have to wonder where his motivation lies at this point in his career at you know 35 years old, but an, but an old 35. A lot of wear and tear, a lot of mileage on him with that amateur career. Um I would think we're angling towards a winner gets Shakur Stevenson. That would make sense. So maybe a Lomachenko versus Stevenson, uh, and he can work his way back towards undisputed, or he could just say, hey, I beat Shakur Stevenson. I, I would like to know what's motivating Lomachenko at this point in his career. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. And I think that's probably the most poignant thing about this matchup in general is like what how much of Lomachenko is left? How much did he leave in the gym and in the ring with Devin Haney? Not that it was a very grueling physical fight. Uh, you know, it was, but it wasn't like one of those life-altering ones. But I think in terms of what he had to put himself through in training, we saw that in his emotion after the fight. Um, it, fights don't have to be physically demanding or damaging to, to, to change you. So I'm, I'm curious to see what he has left. Um, I mean, he, he has been universally recognized as a guy who trains very, very hard and comes in fantastic shape. Um, but if that drive isn't the same, if you don't want to put that same effort day in and day out and on yep. fight night, Things happen. Funky things happen. 
And Cambosos too. I mean, he made so much money and and yeah, if Cambosos is on the opposite side of of a potential of making something happen, shoot, the guy's done it before. Unbelievable. Um, that's our show this week. Uh, every week I'm like, all right, what are we gonna talk about? And then so much news happens. The sport yeah. flourishing right now. We're getting big fights all over in every division. Uh this weekend. Uh, we got Michaela Mayers fighting uh, Natasha Jonas. Oh, so if that's yeah, something that's right. you're interested that's in, right. that should be good. A 147. Uh, Michaela Mayers jumping up two weight classes. Uh, and then following week, we get Jaime Munguia and Dervinchenko, which I think will be a Ryder. really fun. You keep, saying, keep saying that. I don't know. Thank you for correcting me, bro. That's a great co-host. Um, I will go study my my notes and so I don't make any more mistakes. Um, no show a lot later in the week. We have some other stuff going on at John Boy Media and Chris as well. So um, this is your show, and we'll have some more content later in the week. Look, working on some fighter interviews. Um, yeah, Chris, enjoy the Florida weather and have a great one. Thanks, man. I'll be up in New York in a couple of days. So right. Do you want I'll to talk about up. near quickly the nephew? Yeah, my nephew Michael's fighting uh, on Long Island. Some uh, Long Island. Another Algerian man. When I saw an Algerian on a fight Algeri. poster. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, because on Instagram he doesn't have his last name. And then I saw the poster and I was like, damn, an Algeri is resurfacing mm-hmm. on Long Island. It's right. at Stereo Garden. I've, I've I've covered a lot of fights there. Uh, my brother's uh, MMA promotion put on fights. Oh, there. nice. It's a cool venue. It's like a lion's den. They're going to put the ring. It's like you kind of they sink it in and you're kind of just staring down. Uh, may have to come out for that. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's I didn't, the- I didn't, I, I- I've never been to it, so I'm, I'm looking. It's like a to club. I mean, they put like it's like a ve- music venue, but they also mm. have starting to do more fights there. And this is part of what was formerly known as the Golden Gloves, which is now called Ringmasters, right? I believe so. Yeah, which is strange because yep. Golden Gloves is the most one of the most synonymous things ever with boxing. Yeah. But we got another Algeria in the works. Well, we'll 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 touch on that next week. Uh, keep your hands up at all times. Protect.